Audible, Audible. This is Coach Dad's NFL Half an Hour. Hut, hut, hi, everybody, and welcome in once again to Coach Dad's NFL Half an Hour, Week 7 edition. And honestly, it feels like we should be about Week 27 at this point, but I I think that's just because of the sheer volume of primetime Broncos football I've been forced to watch this season. Those cursed Broncos, though, they should have made you a little bit of scratch on Monday night, if you listen to your old Coach Dad, that is who went 9-5 and five picking winners last week and 10-4 and four against the spread. But the real story here was the total immolation of the Coach Dad safe play parlay. I appreciate all of the concern you Coach Dad heads express as it unfolded on Sunday, but let this be a lesson that there's no such thing as truly safe play. I know I may have told you in the past that the safe play parlay was as safe as you can get, but do as I say, not as I do, you know? I can't remember a more topsy-turvy, parody-filled NFL season, which makes Coach Dad's overall records of 58-35-1 picking winners and 55-36-3 picking spreads all the more impressive. You know, not to, not to toot my own horn, but... Now that was wet. Let's take a quick look around and see how we reach those numbers, starting with one week ago tonight, a date which will live in infamy. Commander's Bears. I mean, what do you want me to say about this one? It was Commander's Bears. The final score was 12-7. The swing play was a fourth-quarter muffed punt return by Bears return man Vellis Jones. I mean, it was Commander's Bears. You know, you, you rent one of those stag films. They have on the hotel television sets. I don't think you really get to complain about a lack of plot. You know, these things are what they are. The Sunday action was all American this week, yet full of examples of the little guy triumphing over the big guy, which is decidedly un-American. But nevertheless, it was the Dirty Birds who pulled the day's first upset, triumphing over that stout San Francisco defense 28-14. It was the efficient consistency of Atlanta quarterback Marcus Mariota whose stat line of 13 of 14 passing for 129 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions is somehow both impressive and infuriating. And two timely interceptions of Niners QB Jimmy Garoppolo by the Falcons' defense that propelled them to the surprising victory. This one was technically an upset, but anyone who tuned in for the second half never would have guessed that, as Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots bludgeoned the Browns 38-15 in Cleveland. The Pats started feeling their mojo towards the end of the second half with a Ramondre Stevenson touchdown run, and they never looked back. Zappi, an undrafted rookie, is now 2-0 in his starts, but some of that credit certainly goes to the New England defense, who limited Nick Chubb to a season-low 56 yards one week after shutting out the high-powered Lions offense. The Jags Jeep thing is is honestly starting to get a little sad, as Jacksonville dropped a close one once again in Indianapolis to the Colts, 
34 to 27, thanks to another Matt Ryan late fourth quarter touchdown pass. You have to hand it to Mr. Ryan, who seems to recognize that his arm doesn't have quite the same number of big throws in it, but he saves them for the moments when they're needed the most. And to all the fantasy owners, such as myself, who picked up Colts running back Deion Jackson before his big day this week, nice job sorting the available players by percent roster change. It's it's okay. I, I do the same thing. The Vikings made like their namesakes and got to sack and bringing down Dolphins quarterbacks Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater a combined six times over the course of their 24-16 victory, with Patrick Jones and Zadarius Smith each notching a pair to go along with Jordan Hicks and Danielle Hunter's single sack performances. This one was a tale of two quarters, quite literally, as all scoring was done in the second and fourth quarters of the game. As Minnesota improves to 5-1, and one, and perhaps will be able to control the NFC North's destiny until season's end. Largely because Green Bay kind of stinks this year, which certainly contributed to the pack's stunning 27-10 smackdown by the 4-2 New York Jets, continuing Green Bay's two-week streak of making insufferable New York fan bases just a little more insufferable. The Jets' defense, anchored by Quentin Williams, continues to look more and more impressive with each week, and so fashionable, too. Specifically in the case of rookie cornerback Sauce Gardner, who somehow ended up in possession of a cheesehead hat by game's end. When asked about his wearing of said hat after the game, Mr. Gardner said this, Running off the field with that cheesehead thing? With cheese on my head? That was a crazy feeling right there. I'm never going to forget that. And how could he, folks? How could he? Just like we certainly can't forget that the New York football Giants are also one of the NFL's most surprising teams through six, as their 24-20 home victory over Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens moved them to 5-1. and one. Brian Dable's G-men once again remained calm, cool, and collected down 10 late, as Danny Dimes led a 12-play, 75-yard drive for Big Blue that led to a touchdown toss, and on the ensuing Baltimore drive, safety Julian Love from the University of Notre Dame swiped an errant Lamar Jackson pass and returned it to deep inside Raven territory, ultimately leading to a Saquon Barkley touchdown run that put the Giants ahead for good. On October 16th, 2021, Tom Brady was probably doing something weird, but he was doing it as the unquestioned greatest quarterback of all time, having proven once and for all just how much credit he deserved by winning a Super Bowl in his first season in Tampa without Bill Belichick. He was memeable. He was lovable. Throwing the Lombardi trophy off the boat, he had a supermodel wife. Things were great for Tom Brady on October 16th, 2021. On October 16th, 2022, Tom Brady lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 20-18, thanks in large part to a nearly flawless quarter by Mitch Trubisky off the bench, Microwave Mitch. He was also caught delivering a foul-mouthed, inspirational yell session to his offensive line, and he's probably divorced. Huh. What a difference a year makes. Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints couldn't overcome his former employers, the Cincinnati Bengals, as the New Orleans offense sputtered in the second half, scoring only six points as opposed to the first half's 20. 
There was no such sputtering for Joe Burrow in the orange and black, however, as Mr. Burrow's favorite target, Jamar Chase, had his first Jamar Chase game this season, catching seven balls for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes may have lost his first game on the sidelines for Carolina, a 24-10 tilt with the defending champ L.A. Rams, but he did get an off-the-field victory this week, managing to trade beyond malcontent wide receiver Robbie Anderson, who was fighting coaches and making a scene all game long for more than nothing. A sixth and seventh round pick, to be specific. And where did Mr. Anderson end up after being fed up playing for a team with a bad coach, a mediocre quarterback with an attitude thing, and a last place record? The Arizona Cardinals, of course. The same Arizona Cardinals who lost 19-9 to the Seahawks on Sunday. It almost feels purposefully antagonistic at this point, folks, doesn't it? Oh, oh, it's at least it's two offenses who can score points. It'll be a track meet, but it'll be fun. Oh, nope, 19-9. Cardinals only touchdown coming off a fumbled punt in the end zone, complete with a missed extra point. Your 2022 NFC West, everybody. All of those really entertaining and not at all excruciating games were just appetizers, though, for the two-course main event, two potential title game previews. And believe it or not, they didn't disappoint, starting off with Kansas City and Buffalo's showdown in KC. And it was Josh Allen's Bills who emerged victorious behind another MVP-esque day for the signal caller, who threw for 329 yards and two touchdowns, and even added one of those will-he-ever-miss streaks, completing 13 straight passes. Mr. Allen found tight end Dawson Knox the go-ahead touchdown with a little over 60 seconds left in the game, which felt like more than enough time for Pat Mahomes, who also threw for 300-plus yards and two scores, to give his Chiefs the lead back. But Buffalo cornerback Taron Johnson had other ideas, picking off Mr. Mahomes' second pass of the potential game-winning drive and sealing the victory. For his bills. And then over in the NFC, it was a Sunday night heat between old rivals. And I'm not talking about Crash Holly and Stevie Richards. No, no, I mean good old-fashioned NFC East hate between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles in the city of brotherly love, which might be soon known as Titletown, USA. The Birds once again majestically soared to a big early lead, but then took years off head coach Nick Sirianni's life once again by allowing Dallas back into the game with 17 unanswered. But it was a meticulous 17-play, 75-yard, 7-minute, and 57-second drive in the fourth quarter, topped off by a Jalen Hurts TD toss to Devonta Smith that ultimately put Dallas in the rear view for now. Which the Eagle defense also did to any talk of cowboy QB controversy, making Cooper Rush look like, well, what we all thought Cooper Rush was going to be. And finally, the Chargers beat the Broncos 1916 on Monday night. I'll let you decide if it was a back and forth defensive battle with two mastermind head coaches playing 4D chess the entire time before Brandon Staley of the Chargers finally outfoxed Nat Hackett of the Broncos in the waning seconds, despite a Herculean effort by big-money quarterback Russell Wilson. Or if it was Chargers-Broncos. Here's a hint. It's that one.
Now, how's about week seven, eh? Think Coach Dad can make heads or tails of another slate full of coin flips? Only one way to find out. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Saints-Cardinals on Thursday night is a welcome sight after the last two waking nightmares. I say that, but come on, we all know Arizona will find a way to lose 5-4 on a late safety or something just because I said it was a welcome sight. It's such an uneven NFL season where it feels like very few teams have separated themselves from the pack in either direction. A game like this becomes very important towards determining this season's playoff teams that will all immediately forget were playoff teams by March, a role which New Orleans does feel perfectly suited for. All signs point to another Andy Dalton start as Jameis Winston recovers from back and ankle injuries. But I'll be frank and say that doesn't much matter with regards to making this pick. The cards are home for this one, and as such are laying points, two to be specific. Arizona's played in front of their loyal fans three times this season, and all three times showed their gratitude with a loss, which is one of about 6,000 reasons why I wouldn't feel comfortable laying points with them. Take the underdog Saints to cover and win outright. Another very interesting affair kicks off the Sunday slate, and I, I, I know it's not an England game, but, um, well, I was, I was a little overzealous, and I, I signed that Boston Powers impersonator guy to a, to a three-episode deal, and I'm just not comfortable leaving that hanging over my head for the rest of the season, and so... Behave, baby, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby, behave, yeah, baby. It's a battle of the 500 teams as a very shagadelic Atlanta Falcons travel to Cincinnati, yeah, baby, to take on Mojo Burrow and his swinging cats, yeah. The Bengals appear to be rounding into form right at the right time, baby. And that means good, baby. Very good for a Falcons team. That might not quite be as good as their 3-3 three and three record. Yeah! Taking the Bengals to win and cover the six points makes me horny, baby. Yeah! It makes me shagadelically horny, baby. Oh, behave! Very sorry. America's team will have their quarterback back this week as Dak Prescott has been medically cleared to start for Dallas, who plays host to Detroit on Sunday. How will the offense, which until last week's matchup with Philly was working A-OK with Cooper Rush taking snaps, change with rain in the forecast? And that's rain with a Y. That's a hard joke to do in an audio format. Dak Prescott's real first name is rain with a Y, which I guess you also needed to know. Oh, boy. Best joke is the one you explain, huh? Truth is, we likely won't be able to make any real judgments after this week's game. Detroit's defense has been its Achilles heel all season long, and it's been more like the entire foot, allowing opponents to score 34 points a game, nearly a full touchdown worse than the second-worst scoring defense. More than a full touchdown is what I anticipate Dallas winning this one by, so take the boys giving the seven points with confidence. The AFC South is arguably the division most up in the air through three weeks of the season, though maybe this one can provide us with a little clarity. The Colts, fresh off their fourth-quarter comeback victory over the Jags, 
traveled to Tennessee to meet a Titan team fresh off their bye week. This one is especially juicy because, as you may recall, Tennessee and Indy already played their first game this season, with the Colts falling at home to the Titans. A win here for Tennessee would mean a hugely important sweep, but the Colt offense that they'll be lining up against looks a little more finely tuned than it did in Week 4. In fact, the Colts' offensive performance last week, though still shaky at times, did more to inspire confidence in me than the Titans have in any of their three victories over Indy, Washington, and Las Vegas. So much so that I'm taking the upset here. Grab the road Colts getting two and a half points and winning outright to avoid the sweep. Packers and Commanders, the far side of the world, is where I wish they were playing this game, far, far away from where I would have to watch or pick it. Obviously, despite being at home, Washington is still getting five and a half points from Green Bay, and I can't say I disagree with that line. But folks, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been very good this year. We could talk about Matt LaFleur, the line, the receivers, the running backs, the lamestream media, his weird haircut, whatever we want. But it's not going to make him throw the deep ball any better. 538 had one of those, you know, those poindextery pieces about it. Look it up. I'm not going to try to make numbers and abbreviations interesting. That's on you. The C's will be without their starting quarterback. But it's Carson Wentz, so I mean, is it really that important? Taylor Henneke, the Washington backup who will step in, has a history of surprisingly big games. But Green Bay's defense has been their saving grace all season long. I anticipate the pack will be able to sink the commander's offense. But how many weeks do we have to say, look to Aaron Rodgers and the Packer offense to get going this week, before we realize they might not get going? Upset alert. 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 Ah, screw it. Why not? Take the commanders to cover and win outright. We're going crazy here on Coach Dad's NFL Half an Hour, folks. Crazy, I tell you. How crazy? Well, the next game on the slate is Tampa Bay, Carolina. And you know, we're talking about old QBs maybe being a little more done than we think, offenses being a little worse than we think. And here we are once again. We got a scenario that it seems like suggests maybe, maybe, just maybe, we've got another crazy pick in us, but I know. No, 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 no. I don't worry. I feel I feel considerably more comfortable backing Taylor Henneke than I do former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield. And honestly, so should anyone. 11 is a big number for the Bucks to cover, so we can split the difference on this one and take the Panthers to cover the spread, but I say the Bucks win this one. A game I really want to be intriguing, but is ultimately a 5-1 team traveling to a 2-4 team, the New York Giants head down to what I have to imagine is a very depressing Jags junction to take on a quarterback who at times has looked about as poised and confident as Tony Khan during a media scrum, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Despite these two records, the Jags are laying three to the visitors, which might suggest to some that these two teams aren't quite what their record says they are, but I don't know. The Jaguars keep losing. The Giants keep winning. We can break down the ways and means however we please, but it's not going to change those two things. I won't abandon the Jags' Jeep so callously. I'll still take the Jags laying the points and winning the game. But I'm well aware that I, I've got no insurance. The vehicle isn't registered. Every single dashboard light is on. And there's an overwhelming smell of smoke spilling out of every orifice of the vehicle. 
Do vehicles have orifices? Can I even say orifices on a podcast? AFC North action as the current Cleveland Browns take on the former Cleveland Browns, a.k.a. the Baltimore Ravens, the Charm City. Both of these teams are coming off varying degrees of Week 6 loss, but in terms of what we saw in the field last week and the entire season thus far, Mr. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens seem far more poised for a bounce back than do the Brownies. Look for Lamar to quiet the critics of his late-game decision-making by not having to make any important late-game decisions. Take the Ravens laying six to their divisional foes. It's the J-E-T-S traveling to Denver to take on the S-H-I-T-T-Y Broncos with the Broncos laying a point? The Broncos are favored to win? Absolutely not. Nope, I refuse. Not doing it. Take the Jets. I don't even care if they lose. I am a football coach. I am a pillar of the local youth sports community. What would people think if I use my public platform to endorse the Denver Broncos in any way. Well, the hits just keep on coming, don't they? It's Raiders-Texans. 1-3-1 versus 1-4. Lovey Smith versus Josh McDaniels. It's 2022. The Raiders are laying seven here and have been hard luck losers in, it seems like, all four of their losses. Houston, however, has made a habit of hanging around in games it feels like they have no business hanging around in, but ultimately never winning. Tying, maybe, but not winning. Both teams are coming off a bye week here as well, and I have far more faith in the Raiders' playmakers after a week off than I do the Texans, mainly because I can name a few of the Raiders' playmakers. Sorry, sorry, no disrespect to Houston's leading receivers, Nico Collins and Marcus Patterson, one of whom I just made up right now. Which one? See what I mean? Take the Raiders to win and cover the seven they're laying. It's a rematch of every single Madden 04 Super Bowl, Chargers-Seahawks in L.A., where both of these up-and-down squads look to establish a foothold once and for all. The Chargers, however, are in the midst of a three-game winning streak, and while some of those wins have perhaps been tighter contests than they needed to be, I can't help but think it's going to be hard to believe there was only one game of separation between their records at kickoff when the season is over. The Chargers are laying six and a half, and I'd likely bet that number another three points up. I think L.A. wins this one big. Another huge matchup, this one between a pair of two-time Coach Dad Final Four participants, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Well, it's actually Santa Clara, but that's a nice song, isn't it? A pair of squads looking to avoid their first two-game losing streak of the season. Kansas City certainly looks stronger in defeat than San Francisco did, as the Niners' injury list just keeps getting longer and longer, though some reports out of SF camp suggest both Nick Bosa and Trent Williams could return to action this week. However, the key stat here is 1-3. That's the 49ers' record under Kyle Shanahan in their first home game after they take an extended trip into the Eastern time zone, like they did for their road matchups with Carolina and Atlanta over the last two weeks. I think Mr. Mahomes and his budding rapport with Juju Smith-Schuster will continue this trend, take the Chiefs giving three as road favorites. Well, I think you know what time it is, folks. It's time for our celebrity guest picker of the week, once again tackling Sunday Night Football. It's a matchup of traditional AFC powers who have looked well, a little less than of late, the Miami Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers, fresh off their shocker over Tommy and the Bucks. Can they make it a Florida two-step? 
Or will the potentially returning Tua Tagovailoa melt Pittsburgh's steel beams? The Dolphins are laying seven. So let's just ask our guest this week, master of mystery, horror and sci-fi, Coach Rod Serling. Thanks, Coach Dad. I pick the Dolphins. Thanks, Roddy. And finally, waiting for us like a sneaky little gremlin at the end of the slate, the Chicago Bears travel to Foxborough, Mass., to take on the 3-3 three and three New England Patriots. All reports coming out of New England seem to suggest that Mac Jones might be back under center for this one, though you have to imagine Bailey Zappi will be ready to go if need be. I'm not sure it's going to matter because, as we saw last Thursday, Chicago can't throw the football. Kind of makes it difficult to pick them to win games when they can't do the thing you need to do to win games in the 2022 NFL. I like New England, and I like them by seven and a half or more, so take the Pats and the points. Another set of predictions in the books, and we're going to spice up the final four first four thing by doing it every two weeks. I mean, how many times can you say, well, it's probably the same teams right now, right? But hey, we're learning, aren't we? And we're learning together because that's what Coach Dad's NFL Half an Hour is all about. Cool Dad's Basement is back Friday, and I'll certainly talk to you again next Thursday. And until then, remember, you root for fair play, you root for no injuries, you play safe, you bet responsibly, and you never, ever, ever forget Coach Dad. He loves you.